this is Kate Magic and you're listening to the Raw Living Podcast. Raw Living is Europe's leading raw foods and superfood supplier and I founded the company back in 2002. In this interview series, I'm talking to some of the people behind the brands that we offer on our shop to find out what exactly is the ethos behind the company. Not just the ingredients that they use and the processes that they use to create the end results, but I'm asking them other questions like how do they show respect for the environment, how do they treat their workers and their relationship to the farmers who grow the crops. All the companies that we work with are putting huge amounts of dedication and commitment into creating products that are benefiting not just you, but also the whole ecosystem, the planet, the people. And with this series, I'm hoping to show insights into that. When you're shopping with these companies, you're really not just investing in your health, you're truly investing in a better world for us all. My guest today is Pablo from Forever Cacao telling us about his beautiful chocolate bars and how he makes them. Hi Pablo, how are you today? Hi Kate, yeah I'm good thanks, how are you? Good, good, it's really good to chat with you. Cool, likewise, thanks for inviting me on. Good, we've only met a couple of times but I feel like I feel like we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Kindred spirits. <laughs> yes. So um, introduce us. When did you set up Forever Cacao and tell us that little story, how that came to be? Okay. So, right. Um, Forever Cacao. Funnily enough, I was uh, visiting a friend in Brighton, of all places, um, in 2007 for his birthday party. Um, and we... We were on the way to his party, which was literally, you know, a tent in a field, bit of an old school rave vibe going on. Um, and I was instructed to pull over. And uh, while well, one of my passengers got out, took, went into a market hall and came back with a slab of what was what I was introduced to as raw chocolate. The first my first sort of touch on that uh, on that amazing um, yeah, experience. So we proceeded was, to the party. Was that ours? Is it from Raw Magic? I don't know. I don't know. It was shrouded in mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally handed, I was driving, I, this, this slab went around the car a few times um, and then that was, that was it. I That's think all it, I needed. 2007. Who else was making it in 2007? There wasn't a lot around, was there? There wasn't a lot. That's when we had the shop. We had, we were in the old post office for a bit. So there was, it was like a big market thing. We were in there. Okay. That was probably yours then. Wow, <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. <laughs> that that yeah. was the inspiration. Um, I remember it was being 2007 because my partner was pregnant and it was a party um, and I ended up staying up all night just literally powered by this raw cacao um, and then getting back the next day feeling literally inspired mm-hmm. and and just yeah full of full of euphoria and it's like right this this is it if 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 um if chocolate can be raw what what else can be mm-hmm. what else can what else is there so that was the whole you know the beginning of the journey of of raw food and and cleaning up my health and you know changing my entire lifestyle um and off the back of that that led to a conversation with another another friend of a friend at a different party here in Wales um, with Dilwyn Jenkins, who was the, the guy who'd originally written the first rough guidebook to Peru. And he'd been traveling backwards and forwards 
um, to Peru for, for many years, for about 30 years. And he was bringing coffee and, and handicrafts out of the jungle from the Ashaninka communities. And I knew about him and he was he's sort of a local legend, really. And I'd been introduced to him a few times. And I just happened to say, you know, off, off, <laughs> uh, do your friends in Peru, do they grow cacao? And he was like, well, yeah, they grow it. It grows all around their village. They don't necessarily grow it as such because it's wild and it's, uh... it's just there they collect it but they don't do anything with it and I was, I was shocked so I said okay next time you go bring back a, a bag of beans let's have a go with this stuff um and, and he did he brought back a little uh you know a kilo or two of, of of beans which I proceeded to try and fashion into um something edible <laughs> which obviously at the beginning of your chocolate journey uh it's not always the smoothest most luxurious um texture but the quality and the the euphoria and the magic in the beans was still there. It was totally apparent. So it was like, right, okay, we've we've got to do something with this. And and almost full heartedly, we we're like, right, okay, next time you go, we're going to buy it all. And without actually asking the community if that's what they wanted, so you know, we, we sort of reeled ourselves in from the the initial excitement. Said, okay, well, next time you go, let's ask them first if if they'd be happy to to sell us their crop and and whether we could strike up a um you know a deal and whether we can establish a supply chain and support them and all that sort of stuff that goes along with that um and it took a while it took probably four or five years of backwards and forwards and education education in the field of post-harvest and fermentation and drying the beans because they weren't doing any of that they they were literally just picking fresh cacao and selling the big pods to river traders and getting ripped off really so um yeah it was a bit of a mission to help them live the way they've always lived without having to um sort of change their way of life so much and and a way for us to to yeah, have access to these amazing beans that that were literally an, an heirloom strain that were wild and had never never been turned into chocolate before. So it was mm. it was a mission. <laughs> that's that's the conception of the of the whole thing. It didn't. People say you know you don't go looking for chocolate. Chocolate finds you. And I was that, just gonna say that. I was, I was go. say, <laughs> literally. I was just gonna say. I've, I always say the cacao gods chose me. Do you feel the same? They're just the cacao gods were like, yep, <laughs> you're Absolutely. a man on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And sometimes, and sometimes <laughs> reluctantly as well, it's like, oh, no, have I got to do this? It's like, yes, you've got to do this. <laughs> it's going to be a bumpy road, but you're in it now. So yeah. there's no getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. So when was the first bar? When was the actual first bar in production on the shop shelves? Oh, on the shop shelves? Well, OK, I was selling it to friends and everything was going good. And then I decided to enter one of those awards, the Great Taste Awards, mm. with this uh, with one bar, the 80 percent bar. And uh, and it got the award. So I was like, OK, wow, that's that's a, a bit of encouragement. So um, I then, of course, had to keep that recipe the same and come up with a brand name and some packaging, which I didn't really have before. I was literally just mm. punting it out to my mates. Um, so that's 2013 when I got the actual Great Taste Award. So that's, I suppose that's when you could say it's, it's, um, it's sort of, it's solidified into a, into a, into a thing, into its own, so its own it, momentum. It was quite a journey from that first slab of raw chocolate in Brighton to actually being in production. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. A good five years of experimenting, trial and error, thrown a lot away eaten far too much 
So there was that kind of peak period when there was a lot of Royal Chocolate Bars around and quite a few of them kind of fell off. There's still there's still a lot more than there was uh, on the shelves. But um, I used to love to do raw chocolate tastings with groups and kind of talk to them about, you know, this is the different ways in people using powder and people using nibs and people using beans and people that are adding coconut sugar or different types of sweetener. And it's so much, so many different flavor profiles you can get just out of this. In fact, when I was in Costa Rica recently, I had these amazing bars that were the whole fruit. It was the the pulp and the bean ground up together. Have you had that? I've heard about them, yeah, because the pulp obviously is inherently sweet, so it's used as a sweetener as well. Yeah, and there was no other sweetener in it. It was amazing. Brilliant. But tell us, you know, you're obviously outstanding because you pay so much attention to that production process as well as sourcing really high-quality beans. You've put so much uh, integrity and um, research into the production process. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how they're actually made? Right, yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, because we're only dealing with that one bean um, from that one area, I'm trying to get as much as I can out of that bean. So the um, the, the process is very much hands-on from, from you know, uh, field to face, <laughs> as it were. You know, it's... Uh, the fundamental flavor of the bean is brought out at origin. So it's very important that the fermentation is right. Um, Certain beans like to be fermented for a few days, some a bit longer, some a bit shorter, and whether you turn them during the fermentation, all that sort of stuff has a a big um, bearing on the the final flavor, as well as the the drying, and then of course, the the actual production when, when they arrive here. So, and also the, the fact that we're not roasting them, that uh, I, I did have a go. I had to go really lightly toasting some a few years ago, but it knocked out all the really interesting, fruity, vibrant flavours. Mm. It just, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good analogy with music, actually. When, um, when you've got some beans that have been overly roasted, you've knocked out, you've, you've You've got a nice sort of background rhythm section. You've got your, your your drums and your bass, your solid foundation. But then when you don't roast them, you get all the melody. You get all the horn section. You get all the the vocal. You get all that love. Get the cowbell. You get the yeah. cowbell. Cowbell. <laughs> you get the shakers. You get that marimba. All that. All the, all the jazz just comes out. So it's like I want to keep that. I don't want to knock any of that out. <laughs> you've got to have drum and bass, but you've also got to have some melody. You gotta have some, you gotta have some tunes. So, um, so yeah, that that's uh, that's very important. Um, but essentially, it's a bean to bar process. So they arrive right half the the, the crop arrives um, in sacks of in sacks of beans. Some comes over pre-made into paste. Some comes over as butter. Um, I don't really use any powder. That stays in at origin and just gets sold. I think locally. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, we're basically shelling them is the hardest part. So taking the uh, the husk off off the bean when it hasn't been roasted is is quite laborious. <laughs> but again, a labour of love and worth doing because otherwise it's a bit gritty. Um, and so yeah, that, that's the first bit. And then I've got a couple of uh, repurposed uh, Indian spice grinders, twenty kilo uh, stone grinders. Um, nibs go in there. They stay in there for for 24 hours. Then some coconut sugar goes in, um, a little bit of extra cocoa butter, uh, 
and then yeah 48 hours at the minimum sometimes a bit longer depending on how smooth it is um, until it's ready and then it's yeah depending on stock levels sometimes it's made straight away other times it's set off into a block and uh, left to rest for a anything between a month and three months um and that can change the flavor too sometimes it settles sometimes it, it, it doesn't it, it's such a there's so many variables as you know i'm sure kate with with uh, with cacao and with with any food production that the slightest tweak at any point in the process can have a massive effect of a little bit further down the line so it's all about experimenting really and, and just finding your way I feel like with cacao as well, out of all the different plant foods that I work with, cacao really demands that you put it in the centre of your attention. It really wants you to put all your attention on it. And if you don't, it's going to misbehave. <laughs> oh, mate, you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're you have so to right. be present moment, focus, concentration, or I'm going to ruin it for you. <laughs> Oh, no, totally. You've really got to. Intention is everything. You've got to come at it with the right vibe, otherwise it's. Going to be <laughs> I, I remember in the early days, I even resorted to writing on my molds like love and peace and joy and all these words in the sort of emoto style of just trying to influence the crystals to temper properly and <laughs> just to make it all lovely. And yeah, it, 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 it's uh, it really has got its own consciousness. It is it is a plant medicine, so you've, we've got to not forget that. Um, even though it's gentle and um, and soft, it's still got it's still got its own consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You've got five different bars, is it? Um, I think you've got five different bars there. There's a few others, um, and each one's got a story, you know. Um, but I, you know, I could I could briefly give you the bullet points of those if you like. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the 80% was the first in the range um, that I dabbled with while we were waiting for our initial. Um, shipment of beans to come over from from Peru. Um, I bought some paste from the local uh, cooperative where other producers sent their beans as well. So while we were waiting for ours to to arrive, that's that's the one that got the the great taste award. And obviously, once once it had that award, I couldn't dabble with the recipe. So that's like, well, that's the signature bar. Then that's sorted. <laughs> and then the next one to come along is the coffee one, which. Uh, Obviously, Dilwyn was bringing coffee out of the jungle, so I I added some of the coffee beans that grow alongside the cacao, and that was that was a nice marriage. So I had two bars in the range, eighty and eighty coffee, and then the beans finally arrived. So I thought, right, well, we'll tweak the percentage a little bit here, and that that became the seventy-two percent, which again um, has won an international chocolate award. So that's that's managed to get up there on a level with the fine chocolate people and be accepted in their club which uh, which wasn't wasn't an easy uh, task but uh, we managed to we managed to do that <laughs> then uh, next on the line was the 65% with lacuma with lucuma the lacuma peru peru's favorite flavor as I'm, yeah, the ice cream flavor of choice over in south america um, and that was made Literally for a friend of mine, he said, oh, can't you make something a bit sweeter? And I thought, oh, OK, but I don't want to put more sugar in. So what else can I use? Aha, of course, let's use lucuma. That's the, the, the sweetener of choice. Um, and then the 100 percent. I was always being cajoled into making a 100 percent bar um, by many people. So, yeah, that 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 came next. And that is a big seller. Obviously, there's a there's a 100 percent club. There's a lot of people who are no sugar and that's that's all they buy, isn't it? 
Um, and then the 55 percent the coconut milk that was for the kids <laughs> they were like oh can you make it can you make us something tasty dad so like, all right we'll try this <laughs> um and i was a uh, yeah that, that that took a bit of tweaking to get the recipe right obviously because you want the balance of of sweetness and you want that tinge of coconut without that overpowering coconutness so yeah it can go one or two ways but i think I've, i'm happy with it anyway that's the main thing um then the orange came next because that's i love chocolate orange <laughs> so it's like chocolate orange that's a map not obviously not that chocolate orange i don't like that 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 particular one that we're that i'm not going to mention um but the marriage of chocolate and orange flavors that's what i that's that's the lovely thing and then last on the list was rose so and i made that because my partner Tad, she loves she loves chocolate and rose so it's like okay i'll make that one for you so um yeah oh yeah and the lavender bar the lavender bar was commissioned by um welsh lavender who are uh, yeah, that, that lavender farm not far away and they just got in touch with me and asked if i could mm. make them a, a bar a chocolate bar with their lavender oil and considering they weren't far away up the road i was like okay let's have a go and um yeah that turns out all right but I, it's it's a short run i make it for them um it's always out of stock on my website but um but yeah if you want some in the future i can i can i can, can do your run of that <laughs> i love lavender chocolate okay there you go then it's it's not for everyone but the people who do love it really love it which mm -hmm. is brilliant we get the purple corn extract from peru and we used to do a bar that was lavender and purple corn nice um have you been to peru oh yeah a few times now um yeah one of the most or inspiring beautiful countries mm. on this uh, on this earth mm. yeah have you have you been there yet no i really want to go i was going to go in 2020 so hopefully right. maybe next year yeah 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 um, no, so, you, so you've been to where their cacao actually grows and yeah i've done the jungle thing i've been on um been on the the, uh, they call it the Ruta del Cacao, where actually the, the Peruvian um, Department of Trade pay for lots of different uh, mm. chocolate makers and buyers to go on a bit of a mission and visit lots of different places. So um, I was very fortunate to get invited onto one of those. Um, so I did the, yeah, managed to see quite a lot of cacao growing regions as well as as well as our um, our villages. Yeah, that, that have been established. So yeah, and and again, everyone's got their own way of doing things, which is beautiful, um, and which brings a certain uniqueness to each to each um, each bean. Uh, but there is quite a, an incentive by the uh, and the U.S. government to try and eradicate coca the cocaine trade and in, and replace it with cacao um which which is a great incentive it's lovely it's got a nice idea but unfortunately they're using a lot of this hybrid strain ccn 51 which is it's a high yield in cacao but it's got no fine flavor you know it's it's just it's, high, and it's not good it's sort of monocropping and mm. as much as the 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 idea is good, but in practice, it doesn't really work because it leaches all the, the um, nutrients from the soil. They, they're actually cutting down rainforest to plant cacao. Well, that, that's wrong because <laughs> really cacao likes to be grown in the shade. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a bit misguided. But they're, they're trying to do the right thing, but they've missed the mark in a few in a few places. So we're trying to we're trying to stop that, really. <laughs> I did have a bit of a rant while I was out there, but I'm not sure if it fell on deaf ears or not. <laughs> We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I think they know what they're doing, personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So have you got anything exciting coming up you want to tell us about? You were saying that you're doing regular cacao ceremonies there in Wales. Yeah, yeah, we've been running Cacao Club, which is um, a nice little event uh, for um, for a few years. Um, we had a little bit of time off, but uh, we're back now, um, which is great. It's just a nice little monthly event for people to gather, drink cacao in a sort of ceremonial circle, place an intention, a personal intention or a group intention, dance it out for a couple of hours using the power of music um, and then integrate that energy at the end with the sound bath so it's just a beautiful format and it just works so well it's like it's the way forward I think it's it's all about getting on it without getting off it getting mm. into it without getting out of it <laughs> getting blissed up not pissed up so mm. you can use that one if you like <laughs> so how would um, people find out about the next one? Oh well um, I think we 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 did we do have cacaoclub.co.uk but i'm not sure if that actually yeah, well, i'm gonna have to work work on that i think facebook or telegram cacao club is the uh, is the way to find it um facebook's been our sort of the way we've been promoting it but um obviously we're trying to find other channels now um just for for variation uh there is a telegram channel which is cacao club um yeah yeah uh, it's quite strict yeah it's, it's it's a tough one but um it's quite a small event we we have to cap it at 100 people and last last month's event sold out two weeks beforehand um wow, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, obviously it's in a you know yeah quite a well the venue's licensed for a couple of hundred but because everyone lies down for the sound bath at the end we only ever fill to half capacity so there's plenty of space and everyone can have room to throw some shapes so um but yeah if there's any bigger venues on the horizon anywhere you want us to bring it to, <laughs> possible <laughs> so uh how can people find out about cacao club so there's a mixcloud page mixcloud.com forward slash cacao underscore club where a lot of the mixes are posted um, and you can connect with us through that. That's probably the easiest way. Awesome. Brilliant. Brilliant. And anything else? You got any new products you got in the works or? Well, we are actually, we're sort of working on some um, cacao blends to, for, for drinking. Um, we, we hope to have them almost nailed in the next sort of... Oh, it's hard to put a time limit on anything, isn't it, when you're developing it? Because you you think you've got it right, and then you taste it a week later, and everything's changed, or your taste buds have changed. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're working on that. They're in development. I'd love to say, I'd love to give a time on them, but um, I'm really not sure. <laughs> this year? Yeah, definitely this year. Brilliant. Pablo, thank you so much for your time. It's been really fun to speak with you. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. That's been a pleasure to talk, to talk with you. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, yeah, I hope Thank you for listening. You can check out the products we've been talking about by visiting Raw Living, rawliving.co.uk. And if you haven't got an account already, then do sign up. You get £5 off your first order. And also please do like, subscribe and share this podcast. It really does help.